Hi, welcome to the Spiritually Minded Mom podcast, where every mom can find hope, joy, and God's hand in motherhood. You'll hear interviews with all kinds of moms who are learning how to navigate motherhood. Most of all, you'll learn that you have a partner in motherhood, a loving Heavenly Father who wants you to succeed and is always there to help you in your most important work as a mother. And now, here's your host, my mom, Dara Trendler. Welcome to the Spiritually Minded Mom podcast. I am really excited today to have Elise Curtis with me. Elise is a wife and a mom of three. She's also an entrepreneur. And in addition to doing two businesses on the side, she's also the founder of SALT, which is a retreat for women. And that offers a place for women to come together, to feel the spirit and connect. And I'm really excited to have her on the podcast today to talk about her journey as a mother and as someone who is seeking to become closer to God. So welcome to the podcast, Elise. Thank you so much for having me. So to start off, will you just tell us a little bit about your family? Yeah, so my husband and I actually met on our mission in the Canada-Calgary mission. So we weren't like, there was no romance. (laughs) Um, There were only eight sisters in the whole mission. And so I became really close friends with a lot of the elders. And so he was one of them. And when I came home, I was a coordinator for EFY, and um, I was doing it for the volunteer session. So all the counselors were volunteer. And so I asked him if he wanted to do it. I needed some more guy counselors, and he wasn't too fond about the idea about being a counselor. He had never been. He didn't know what it was about, but he did like the idea of coming to hang out with me for a week to see if there was anything there. So anyways, the rest is history, and um, we both love Canada so much. It's something that we feel it's a blessing that we both served in the same mission and that we have so much love for that country. So anyways, we have three kids. Our son, Bo is almost six and our daughter Collins, we call her Coco. She is four. And then Remy, our little girl is two and a half and she is absolutely kicking my butt (laughs) lately. (laughs) She's getting so hard. (laughs) I have said this, I think on every podcast, but there's something about that youngest child. <laughs> yeah, I see it. And honestly, I think it's because she mimics and does what her older siblings do. And yeah. it, I can see like her attitudes and the things she does. I'm like, you picked that up from Coco. You got that from Bo. But she's like, so determined. And I can't reason with her. That's the hard part. She has no like, she's just stubborn. But I love her. She's cute. So. I know they they seem to those youngest ones just have to come with a little extra something, I guess. I don't know <laughs> what it is. My youngest actually does the intro to the podcast because she's oh, my little I, sidekick. I listened to that. I thought that was so cute. I love she, it. She loves to help me out and she's really creative. So I love that. Okay. Well, so you have three kids. Um, mm-hmm. And like I said before, in addition to being a mom, you're also an entrepreneur. You have a lot going on. And we're always hearing in the world about the word balance. So I would just love to know what is your definition of balance when it comes to motherhood and work, you know, pursuing your own passions? How, what does that mean to you? Um, I feel like I'm <laughs> not qualified to talk about this. <laughs> I'm asking for myself because I really need help with this. <laughs> um, and I feel like I thought, of, I thought a lot about this because I feel like balance comes in different forms in different ways in different seasons of our lives. So I feel like when my kids were in school, they were both just in preschool, my two older ones. Um, and that gave me five hours a week because my little one would sleep during that time that I could work and that I could balance like the work side and then the mom side and all of that stuff. But this summer has like completely thrown me for a loop, I feel like. And it's been so hard to balance life. And I don't know, I feel like I've really tried to enjoy summer this, this, um, this summer. 
And for six years, I worked as an event planner in a corporate office and I traveled and I planned events and conventions and helped was, with all that. Was that before you had kids or while you had kids? While I had kids. So okay. before and then while. So yeah, so, so I started both. and then, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, so my second, my Coco was about almost a year when I ended up quitting. Okay. Um, or actually a little bit, a little bit older than that. But anyway, so, um, I have not really enjoyed a summer for like eight years, I feel like. And so this summer, for some reason, I wanted to just like embrace it. So I've been having so much fun, you know, adventuring with my kids and traveling and spending time at the pool and doing all that stuff. And honestly, it fills my soul and it fills my heart so much to spend so much quality time with my kids. But on the off side, like my house is always a mess (laughs) because if I ever have like, an hour or something, I'm sitting down to edit pictures or to work on salt stuff or, you know, to do business stuff. Um, so I think, I think the trick to finding balance is being okay with the unbalance at the same time. Like if we're always trying to seek a perfect balance, we will always be unhappy. Yeah. So I think just trying to be okay with the unbalance at certain times and, you know, seeking for that balance, but I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I'm pretty unqualified because every day is different, but I don't know. Being okay with that unbalance, I guess, is kind of a good thing to take to heart. <laughs> I like that. That's a good perspective. I think I think it's kind of a trick of Satan that he tries totally. to make us think, oh, you can have it all. You can you can do this. You can do that. And you can be balanced. And it's really not true. I mean, I don't think that we really can. And I love what you say. Like, you know, we got to, something's got to give. So maybe it's the house doesn't look quite as clean as you want it to or, yeah. you know, whatever. But it really sounds like you're putting the most important things first. Yeah. And, well, I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, I know. We're all trying. We don't have perfect. I know. It's not perfect. I did not have a perfect day in that department. I will tell you that. <laughs> yeah. um, okay. So, so going along with that, what do you hope your children will learn by seeing you pursue the work outside of motherhood? Honestly, I think there, it brings me a lot of joy to have my children see me or be a working mom. And there's times when my son, because I don't actually go to an office, Um, I will hear my son and my daughter be like, I'll be like, like the other day I was, I had a bunch of props out because I was doing some food photography for a company that I shoot for. And I, he was trying to touch stuff and I'm like, no, 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 that's for mom's work. Like, don't touch it. And he looked at me and he's like, mom, you don't work. And I was Uh. like, so (laughs) I'm so offended. (laughs) Like, how dare you? Like I do work and, um, you know, kind of joked around with him, but let him know that like. I don't know. I do work. And when I go on photo shoots, my husband, if, if it's far away, I got in a really bad accident a couple years ago. And so sometimes I don't like to drive. So my husband will come with me and he'll bring the kids. And while I'm out shooting the family or the, you know, the couple or whatever, he'll be out adventuring. But I love, cause I see them and they see me, they see me working and interacting with people. And I just hope that I can teach them that there's not just one way of working, that there's, there can be multiple ways of working. And like the other day when I was shooting, I was up in the mountains and my husband, um, my son asked like, Oh, what is mom doing? And my husband's like, Oh, she's working. And he goes, Oh, Oh yeah, she's doing salt. So he's still kind of confused with like, I'm a photographer and I do this retreat type stuff, but it's fun to have them be a part of different things and seeing their mom being a working mom. Um, that's something that when I was a full-time working mom in the corporate world and I, you know, I had to take my kids to daycare. All I wanted to do was come home. I didn't want to work. 
it was like so hard. Um, and then now that I'm home, I spent some time like not working and being the full-time mom. And I felt like I lost a lot of myself. And so I feel like work is always going to be a part of me. And so I want my kids to always know that their mom is a hard worker, even if our house is messy. And even if I fail on different things, like I want them to learn hard work and chasing your dreams is a huge one too. Like I want to be able to instill in them that if you believe in something and if you feel prompted to do something like you can do it and I'll be behind you a hundred percent. So yeah, I think, I think it's a great time that we live in that, um, I, I feel the same way as you, like I've always done something on the side and I've been lucky enough to be at home doing it as my kids have grown up, but it, it really is good for a mom, I think to do something that's her own and yeah. then be able to go back. I think you have more to give as a mother Totally, and it's totally. different for everybody. Everybody it has is. to figure that out. I'm not yeah. saying that that is the, you know, the perfect solution for everyone, but I know for myself and it sounds like for you too, that just mm -hmm. having that little piece of something that's just for you. Yeah. You, then you can go back and be a better mother and exactly. you know, give what you need to your family. You're not totally empty. Yeah. You can... And I think, like you said, finding that thing that's perfect for you, because to me it's work, but to other people, yeah. it's cleaning your house, right? Like right. the opposites. And, and maybe you find joy in that and, and, and making sure that you find the time to do that. So I, I think that's really important, making sure that you find what works for you, um, find what fills your, fills your heart with happiness and you know just so that you're not I like I don't know it just I feel like that brings balance so yeah I I totally agree it's it's that word balance again but really yeah, yeah it, you can and and that's where the Lord can come in and help you know you know you can think about what did I like to do before I had kids and you know what what makes me feel energized and and it doesn't have to be something that you get paid for you know but just yeah. everybody I think everyone needs something and and figuring that out and it does help you be a little more balanced I totally agree totally. with that Totally. Okay. So one of the challenges that you told me that you've faced in motherhood is overcoming the feeling that you're failing. And I'm sure that many people can relate to this. Yes. I know I can. So when those feelings of failure show up for you, how do you combat that? Some backstory, like I struggled with depression, um, a couple years ago and, um, I really felt like I was failing in everything. And it was just this like secular, you know, mindset of like, I'm constantly failing at everything. And I feel like I learned at that time. Um, it, it went on for a long time that I was constantly feeling like I was failing and that I couldn't keep up with stuff. And I realized I needed to let things go. I needed to say no, I needed to drop things. And at that time, I, I say I had several different businesses and I was working full time and I had kids and I was trying to balance way too much, way too much. And it was the moment that I realized that I needed to like clear some of it off my plate. And I went to the extreme because I was very, very depressed, but I quit my job. I quit photography. I quit all any other business. And I really focused on taking care of myself, taking care of my kids, taking care of our house, just the, those three things, right? Which is a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's a lot of things yeah. to take care of. And so I just focused a lot on that. So now when I am feeling like I'm failing, a lot of that comes down to the fact that I'm feeling overwhelmed. Um, like just the other day, I had a complete breakdown to my husband crying, like my kids were hugging me because they were wondering what was wrong with mom. And I feel like I, I felt like I was failing on so many different levels because I was sitting there trying to work on something. And I look up into my room and it's messy and the kids are coming in saying that they need food. And I know like 25 other things that I need to get done that day. 
And there was feel, so many feelings of failure, but it was totally interconnected with um, just feeling overwhelmed with life. Um, and so I kind of go back to that mindset that I had a couple years ago of like, I need to let some things go. So I shot, I did a couple of photo shoot. I did a lot of shooting in June and the first week of July. And now like, I'm not going to take on anything else. If I might take on like one or two, if I need to, but until after salt, because I know that that's something that like will help me feel like I'm not failing as much. Right. Like, cause yeah. I want to be able to accomplish things and feel like I'm doing a good job and all that stuff. So Anyways, I feel like the feeling of failure shows up when I'm feeling overwhelmed. And then the way that I combat them is making sure that I step back and try to evaluate my life and be like, okay, what do I need to get rid of? And like in, in June, the, I feel like the prophet's counsel to the youth to do a social media fast was so amazing <laughs> and so needed. And I took that for a week and I felt so rejuvenated. And that's one of those things that, um, I don't know. Like that's one of those things that I would love to be able to give up more often, but it's hard nowadays when you're building businesses online and social media is such right. a crucial thing. But anyway, so I think taking a step back and realizing, okay, what can I give up? What can I at least give up for now? And I can take it back up in a couple months or whatever, but just being in tune with myself and realizing, you know, how much I can handle. So I like that. So you made that connection between overwhelm and those fears mm -hmm. of failure. So if someone else is feeling those same feelings and for you, you figured out it was overwhelm and then how did you know what you could give up? You know, if someone else is struggling with that, how can, how do they figure out what they need to do to get to, does that make sense? Like, mm -hmm. how did you know what to eliminate? I mean, you're doing all these great things. They're yeah, not, they're not um, bad things. No, how did you no know? they're not. I mean, I, I guess I was able to look at my life and kind of look at my calendar and be like, okay, I have salt in, um, you know, in September. Mm -hmm. So let's take, I can give up photography right now. That's something that I can say no to. And that's so hard because at a time when our family needs the money, like I, I, yeah. there's so much inside of me that thinks, no, you should take that job, um, to be able to get money for certain things. And but I think there's power in saying no. So that's one thing. I think also like being in tune with how you live your life. Like maybe someone, like I have this problem too. I like to stay up really late. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I feel like if someone's feeling like they're failing, look at the like um, minuscule parts of your life, like the, the small moments, the small minutes of your life. How are you spending that? And it's like, maybe you need to go to bed a half hour earlier or wake up an hour earlier to get some things done or whatever. So that might be, so you could look like big scale or small scale of just seeing, okay, what types of things can I just give up for even a week? I, I noticed that with the profits challenge with social media, it made the biggest difference. So whether it's giving up something for just a week or, you know, a month or two months or a year or whatever it is. So that's my advice. Yeah, I like that. So look at the big picture and also look at the little details of your life mm -hmm. and see what you can yeah. change. I think that's great. Um, I really think that feelings of failure and, you know, there's lots of other things. Like I said before, trying to feel like we can be balanced is, is a tool of Satan. And I think one of the ways that we can combat that is to really know who we are and yeah. to know whose we are. So how do you think women can, can know their worth and, and use that to combat those tools of Satan? 
I love that. So when I was struggling with depression at the same time, I really struggled with my testimony, like core, core parts of the testimony, like whether God and Jesus Christ and Satan were even real. Mm -hmm. And I remember feeling so overwhelmed in life at that point and questioning so many things. And my husband would say a lot, like, Elise, this is Satan. Like this is, he's just trying to bring you down. And it would make me so mad because I'm like, how do you know that this Satan is even real? And to every time he'd say it, I felt like he was talking about a story or a fable, right? Like I, mm -hmm. it just didn't seem real. And um, anyways, so when I got to a good point in my testimony and in my life, I started researching that. Like how can Satan influence someone, right? Like okay. that was something that really made me mad because I'm like, how can Satan make me feel this way? And anyways, so I started researching it and I found an enzyme talk about this guy um, that talked about this, but he was saying how God is the only one that can know what our thoughts are. Like he's the only one that knows what we're thinking and that he's that in tune with us. And so Satan, the way that he knows if he's like, if his tactics are working on us is through our actions. And so like at the same, like, for example, let's say, um, I am feeling super overwhelmed and I'm constantly like saying I'm overwhelmed, which I think is a valid thing to do. But like, if, if I keep, if I keep having these feelings and these actions of feeling like I'm a failure and talking about it, like I'm a failure mm -hmm. and, um, acting like I'm a failure, Satan's going to be like, all right, keep telling her she's a failure because it's working. And so the only way that he can know if it's, if his stuff is not working is through, um, our actions. And so that's why I think um, affirmations are so powerful. Mm -hmm. Like looking in the mirror and saying, I am strong. I am powerful. I am smart. I am, you know, balanced. I am um, everything, like whatever you're struggling with, speaking it out loud and believing it. And, and maybe it will take a couple times for you to believe it, but then actions too. Like that's why the small things. And I thought a lot about that. The small things of the gospel count so much. Reading our scriptures, praying, going to the temple, going to church and like being involved in church. Well, as we do those things, we show Satan that we are not in a position for him to be like throwing certain things our way. Does that make sense? Uh, that, makes that makes total <laughs> sense. And as someone who said today, I'm a failure. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that connection very, yeah. very well. And, and you're totally right. He doesn't know our thoughts. And so the only way he can get in there is if, if we're producing our actions are showing that, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. So mm -hmm. thoughts are so important. I mean, yeah, I know you said that you did a lot, you've done a lot of like meditation you said affirmations. How has yeah. that helped you? So I feel like self-care is something that I'm just barely like chipping away at the iceberg, the tip of the iceberg on. Yeah. Um, I started reading, listening to the book, The Miracle Morning um, in March. But basically to give you a, like a backstory, this guy found out that if he were to wake up an hour earlier in his day and accomplish a certain amount of things in that hour, which was um, like reading scripture or reading, I guess, but praying, writing in a journal, um, visualization, meditation, and exercise. So he would do like 10 minutes of each of those in that hour. He started doing that and realizing that his whole outlook on life was changing. So I, I'm like halfway through the book. Honestly, that's how my Audible account is. Right now I have five books in there that I'm halfway done. Yeah. <laughs> on all of yeah. Them. So his is one of them, but I love it. And so I started listening to that and doing that. And 
Um, that was about in March after the salt retreat in Arizona. And I felt like I needed some, a lot of self care. And so I started doing that. And it was amazing how the times that I did, the times that I was doing those, that self care. So even if I would wake up late and I only got in like meditation, which I've actually really, I'm really beginning to love is meditation. And then prayer and, you know, or meditation and reading my scriptures and exercise for 10 minutes or whatever, even if I could just get in a couple of those, that has the balance, the overall balance of my life. So my self care kind of, I feel like that's such a crucial thing. And a lot of people are talking about it nowadays. And a lot of people think like, self care, go get a pedicure, go get a massage, which is mm-hmm. awesome. And like, I'm the first one to sign up for those types of things. But I think true self care is like connecting with your spirit and connecting with your physical side and your emotional side and your mental side and your spiritual side. And I'm not perfect at it. This summer, I've probably gotten up like maybe a handful of times to do those types of things. But I feel so much more connected to myself when I take some time, whether it's first thing in the morning or so I just think self care is crucial. And it's not something that you need to spend a ton of time on, like maybe just spend I have a 10 minute meditation podcast that I listen to. And So I'm like, okay, I can do 10 minutes, right? Like if I'm feeling overwhelmed, if I'm feeling like a failure, I can go into my closet and it's all dark and I turn on this meditation app and listen to it in the middle of the day and it does wonders for me. So anyways, those are some of my tips of self-care. I I really like that you're you're not, these aren't big, huge things. You know, no Mm -hmm. one, again, back to the overwhelm, we don't have to overwhelm ourselves trying to give give ourselves self-care. It's just, yeah. it's just little things. And I love how you've made that connection that it's just feeding yourself. Yeah. And, and that's what will help you again, back to what we talked about at the beginning. That's if you fill yourself up, then you can give so much more to your family, totally to your totally. kids to, and it'll help you be a better mother for sure. One other thing I wanted to talk to you, I actually have two other things to talk to you about. And I wanted to, I want to know, you know, how did you have the courage to follow the prompting to start salt? I mean, you know, that, that's a big thing. Like Heavenly Father says, okay, start this retreat for women. It's huge. And I, I know you have some event planning background, but still, mm-hmm. how did, how did you have the faith to take that step? Um, at the time that I had the prompting, I, it was in the midst of that questioning if God was even real. So I was talking to my little brother and because I was struggling so much and I hadn't really been in a position where I felt this, where I had felt the spirit so strong. I was talking to him who he had a lot of experience with EFI as well. And I just said, there just needs to be an EFI for women, meaning there needs to be a place that women can come and feel the spirit. And my visual of that, because I know that there's some other like LDS events like that for women, but I felt I, I visualized it as like more of an intimate group of women connecting with each other and with the spirit and with Christ. The vision that came into my mind and the thought that came or the words that came out of my mouth when I was talking to my brother, like th- three weeks, I wrestled with it. I fell asleep thinking about it. I woke up thinking about it. Um, I was trying to map out, okay, what could this look like? Because I, you know, I did have event experience because I'm like, so I know who to contact and how to make it work. Um, anyways, but I finally went to the temple and I was praying about it. Like, okay, is this real? Like, is this something that I need to do? And my husband would even say like, if this is something you feel like you should do. And I'd be like, no, I feel like it's something I need to do. Like, which was so weird. Cause again, I was questioning so many things. Um, but I think that that was the spirit side of me being like, Lace, like, you know, that this is true anyway. So I went to the temple and I prayed about it and I was there for like an hour and nothing, nothing, nothing came. And I walked down the stairs, finally kind of resigning myself to being like, well, whatever, maybe I won't do this. And 
the thought came so directly into my mind, you need to take care of yourself before you take care of others. And I was still struggling emotionally and mentally at that time. And so I left the temple thinking, all right, well, I'm just going to still focus on myself and myself, my emotional well-being. And over the next couple of months, I was talking to my husband and I felt prompted to start a Facebook group, still questioning things. And as an admin of a Facebook group, it's called Be The Light. I thought I started adding, you know, a bunch of LDS women and people started talking about the things they're struggling with, family members that were leaving the church, the questions that they had, they were posting um, conference talks. And so I made the commitment to myself that I would read everything that was posted. And so I did like whether it was a conference talk or whatever. And I did that. And over the course of 30, about 30 days, my heart started changing and I started feeling the feelings of the spirit again. And I started knowing that God was real and that Jesus Christ is our brother. And um, that he lived and that he continues to live. And so I started feeling like I should do salt again, um, this event. And so I started reaching out to people, reaching out to venues. And honestly, like the moment that I could honestly say God and Jesus Christ live and that Satan is real and, and acknowledge that honestly, the minute, like the time that I could, that I could establish that and say it out loud, that it was true. Everything fell into place for salt. Like the venue literally like fell into my lap. Speakers were accepting. We sold so many tickets in the first week of early bird and it was like brand new. No one had ever heard about it. And it was just a witness to me that God needed me to not only be emotionally and mentally well before I could take other care of other people, but I needed to be well, you know, I needed to take care of myself spiritually before I could take care of other people spiritually. And anyways, it's always so good for me to relive that story and to tell it because I feel like I get so caught up in the, you know, the statistics and the algorithms and everything of social media and trying to sell tickets. And really it comes back to the fact that God, God wanted me to start and he uses, I'm a, I feel like I'm a hundred percent an instrument in his hands to do mm-hmm. this. Um, but to start an event where women can connect and I've seen miracles and I've seen women who are leaving the place with answers being, you know, questions being answered and, you know, whether it's connecting with another person or feeling the spirit for the first time in a long time or whatever. And it's just been, I just consider myself extremely grateful. I'm so grateful to be able to be in this position to help in this way. So I guess how to be brave. Sorry, I kind of went on a tangent. Oh, you're, I'm, I love hearing that story. That's so awesome. So one other thing, I was listening to an audio course by um, the Allison show. I don't know if you're aware of her, but yeah. I was listening to an audio today and she was talking to someone about how you need to find a word that defines your brand. And earlier in that day, I saw, and I, I think it might've been on one of her webinars or something, but I saw a girl wearing a shirt that said, we are eternal. And I was like, wow, I really like that. And it wasn't until after I heard what saw that I heard her say, you need to find a word that defines your brand. And then I was, you know, doing something and the word eternal just like popped into my head. Like that is your word that can define your brand. Because I feel like if I can help women realize that they are eternal beings, like eternal spiritual beings that are here on this earth in mortal bodies, just living a spiritual life. And if I can help women see things on an eternal scale and remember that like our true purpose of coming here to earth, it's an eternal thing. Anyways, I feel like that's something that if I can really help women remember that, that's something that I think a lot of people need help with right now is just remembering that fact and not getting caught up and bogged down with so many different people's opinions, 
but just remembering that we are eternal beings. I think that that's something that I'm hoping that I can, you know, put more into salt and helping, helping people realize that. So I, I love that. I love that you were just able to, you know, you didn't give up. You just kept trying and, you know, back, back to the moments where you weren't sure if God was real and you weren't sure if Jesus Christ was the savior and, and, you know, you were doubting all of that. You just kept trying and kept going. And I think that's a great message to anyone that's having doubts and feeling like, and look, you know, look what God can do with, uh, with us imperfect people. Totally. You know, I mean, you were, you were doubting him and he was totally. still working through you. Totally. So never underestimate the power that you can have. And yeah. because he can take these, take us as we are, and we don't, we're already of worth. We don't need anything more. And he can, he can do great things. And you know, what your great thing that you're going to do and what I'm going to do and what someone else is going to do is, is we're, it's all going to be different. We're all unique. Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't compare yourself to anyone else. We can, we can all make a difference though. He yeah. has a plan for all of us. I love that. Sometimes you, you know, you, you have this big vision of, oh, I got to do something big like salt. Or for me, mm-hmm. it was starting a podcast. And I found that when I just take a small step in that direction, that's all I needed to do. And, totally. and, you know, Satan's trying to make me feel overwhelmed by this big thing I have to do, but really all I have to do is take a step. Exactly. And you showing that action is like one way of crushing Satan, right? Like exactly. you taking a yeah. step, you're crushing him and being like, no, I'm going to follow this prompting. I don't know. And that's the hard part is, and I think during that time that I, I said that to my brother and there were three weeks of me like questioning it. I think so much of it was like, I think this is just my thoughts. I think this was just me telling me that this is something you should do. But in reality, it really was God. And so I think being in tune with the spirit is something that's so important. And I was talking, I was, I was thinking a lot about that today, just our different paths of like the different things that led me to salt. Like I had different experience in so many things that allowed salt to be something that I could handle. Right. Like I was, when I told my mom this, she's like, I don't even know where to start to do something like this. But I, God had placed me in like, I was an assistant for a graphic designer for a year and a half. So I knew like branding and all of that stuff. And I'm a photographer, so I could take pictures and I knew um, event planning. And there were just so many different things that I was like, okay, God placed me in these certain things to prepare me for this. And if you don't know what that is yet, like it'll come. And whether it's big or small, like you were saying, like God has something specific for each of us to do. And it's just exciting when we find out what that is. So it is, it is. And everyone can find out for sure. So come a long way. You've, you know, learned who God is, who you are, and, Mm -hmm. and you've developed a testimony of the savior and all of that. You know how to fill the spirit, obviously, because you're, you're doing it all the time. How has that helped you in motherhood? How, how do you partner with God in motherhood? I feel like recently I have been, I feel like my spirit is being more like interested in finding out more about our heavenly mother. That's something that as I have been, there's not a lot on her, but as I have at least been acknowledging her in my prayers or as I talk to my kids or as I do these things and I recognize that a heavenly mother is there and I talk about her, I feel so much more empowered in motherhood. Not only, I mean, you know, we love our heavenly father and he knows us and he but I believe that our Heavenly Mother lo- loves us and knows us just as much as our Heavenly Father. And once I started like telling my kids about Heavenly Mother or even just saying like um, our Heavenly Mother and our Heavenly Father, like talking that way and 
bringing her more into conversation that has helped me just feel more empowered. Like I said, in motherhood, I guess gives me a new outlook on motherhood as well. So yeah, there's, there's really is, I mean, our heavenly father is our partner and he knows everything about us, but he has a partner too, that, that is right there beside him guiding us and helping us. And I, I like to think of it as, you know, I don't pray to heavenly mother. I pray to my heavenly father, but when I pray, I picture them together. I picture them side by side. And I feel like, you know, there's so many people, so many women that are stepping up and, you know, trying to bring God to the forefront and, and to use, you know, be an instrument in his hands, like we've talked about right here. Mm -hmm. And I feel like our heavenly mother is cheering us on and she wants us to come together. She wants us to support each other and, and to be there for each other. I, I'm so happy that you would, that you would share that because I think it is a important message. Um, we can, we can reverence her and we can give her the credit that she deserves. You know, I think for a long time we have been afraid to talk about her and, and we shouldn't. I just picture her side by side with my heavenly father and she's a mother and, and she knows what I'm going through. And, you know, I feel like they're both there cheering me on and, and wanting to help me in hundred percent. I feel the same way. Yeah, yeah. That, that is such a good thought. I love it. Well, Elise, we're out of time. And I think I could talk to you for a lot longer. You, you are doing amazing things and, and your kids are benefiting from that. And and I know that, that what you're doing is going to make a difference for a lot of other mothers that are going to go back into their homes and be able to pour into their families and to their children. And they'll also be able to do great things because of the sacrifices and the things that you're doing. So thank you so much. So much. I appreciate that. All right. Well, thanks. Have a great night. I know you have a million things to do, and I'm grateful you took the time to listen to today's podcast. I hope the episode helped you to know God is your partner in motherhood. For show notes, head over to spirituallymindedmom.com. For more motherhood inspiration, follow along on Instagram, at spirituallymindedmom. And if you enjoyed the podcast, share it with a friend. I would love it if you would leave a review and rate it on iTunes. This helps more moms to find hope, joy, and God's hand in motherhood. Have an amazing day, and remember, you are doing God's work, and you are doing it wonderfully well.